All right, all right, take your seats, everyone. This time we're talking about which thoughts we want to give energy to and which we don't. Take your seats, please. Thank you. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we explore what it takes to create a healthy mindset, sustainable habits, and a lifestyle that allows you to achieve your goals. I'm Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagle. Welcome. And this week we're talking about thoughts. Not all of our thoughts deserve our attention or our energy. Some of them can safely be dismissed without any further examination. But we often allow unworthy or unhelpful thoughts to take up a lot of real estate in our brains. And this Mm -hmm. can negatively impact how we feel, what we do, and ultimately what we accomplish. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about why it's so important to choose which thoughts you're going to give your energy to. I'm excited about this one. It's going to be good. But before we get into that, we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about what you guys out there are working on, and specifically a listener named Stephanie, who's actually an old friend of mine. And she wrote to us the other day and said, I've been loving your podcast. I like Stephanie already. (laughs) She's got good taste. I've implemented a great change that's been working well. I was always waiting for a chunk of time to exercise, but in reality, I rarely have a chunk of uninterrupted time to myself. So I've gotten my three-year-old daughter to join me in my exercise. She loves to bear crawl across the floor. She loves cosmic yoga on YouTube and loves to use her own little dumbbells oh my gosh, for some cute. weighted squats. Yeah, I want to see these tiny little dumbbells. We've started watching Brock's workout of the week videos and we both give it a try. I might only get a few crawls or inchworms across the floor before we change it up to something else, but activity and play are back in my life. Oh, well done, Stephanie. And I especially love the part about play, that exercise doesn't have to be some task, this onerous task that we wedge in, that we can actually turn it into something that's fun for us to do with the people in our lives. I love every part of that. Yeah, I the so many of us fall prey to this idea that we're just waiting for this time to present itself and just this sure. magically free itself up so we have extra time to do not even just exercise but doing some reading, doing some knitting, meal prep, all kinds of stuff, but the truth is you've got to create that time. It rarely just sort of pops up and, and, and shows itself. So I love that, that Stephanie has actually like taken the, taken the situation by the reins and just said, okay, well, you know what, if I'm going to be here with my daughter doing mother daughter things, then why not turn that into exercise time? That's, that's a, a great solution to that problem. Exactly. And in the absence of being able to create, you know, a solid 30 or 45 minute chunk of time to grab those five or 10 minutes when you can find them because they add up. So it's a perfect example of working with what we have instead of just putting everything on infinite delay until the conditions are perfect, which spoiler alert, they never are. <laughs> it's true. They never are. And that all or nothing thinking too, I actually, uh, I put a post in our way less Facebook group the other day that was talking about the all or nothing thinking specifically around exercise. Mm -hmm. So it really fits in with what Stephanie said. And, and somebody said they've been practicing all or something thinking. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. Which I had never actually heard that term before, but that's perfect. That's exactly what, uh, what Stephanie did there. It's like, well, I'll, I can either wait for all or I can 
at least do something. All or something thinking. I, we should do an episode on that. I love that. All right. I'll put it on the list. Okay. Well, let's get to today's episode because I know you and I are both really excited about this one. I guess we're always mm-hmm. excited about them, aren't we? <laughs> That's why we do this. <laughs> So we're talking about thoughts and which thoughts deserve our energy. And, you know, I think sometimes we think of our thoughts as being relatively harmless, right? They're just in there by themselves. Nobody else hears them. And we're not necessarily acting on our thoughts. We're just thinking them. But I think it's really easy to underestimate just how much impact our thoughts actually have on us, how they impact our emotional state, our mood, how we feel, and how that then translates into the actions that we do and do not take. And that obviously, ultimately, translates into the results that we do or do not create. So I think that our thoughts are really worth a little attention. Yeah, I thinking thinking about thoughts, how's that for <laughs> doing some introspection? Uh, I actually did some a little bit of research because I wanted to see just how many crazy thoughts we have in a given amount of time, or if science had even addressed that. Yeah, I've seen numbers, you know, but they're like crazy big. It's hard to imagine. Right. Yeah. Right. It's insane. So I actually found a 2020 study from Queen's University that suggested that the average person has more than 6,000 individual thoughts per day. And that's an important distinction there because uh, like you were saying, like there are studies, previous studies actually showed like 50,000 or 70,000 thoughts per day. But the problem was, is that they hadn't really spent a lot of time defining what a thought was. So maybe they were catching just sort of thought fragments or just passing. Yeah. Just those little passing things. So like that isn't necessarily what this study was looking out for. So I think this one was a little more tied into the kind of stuff that we're talking about today um, because those 6,000 individual thoughts, they actually um, boiled them down to something that the uh, researchers called thought worms, Mm -hmm. which were moments where a person is focused on a specific idea. I see, yeah. So you're giving it a little bit more attention than just something flitting through your field of consciousness very briefly. Right. Right. And they also identified that 80% of those thoughts were negative and 95% of them were repetitive thoughts that we have kind of on a daily basis. Like they identified that we have these, these ideas or these same thoughts over and over and over again. Okay. So that means that like only a couple of hundred of those thoughts are actually worth having. (laughs) Yeah. They're like new and helpful. Right. Okay. Then we really need to make sure that we're picking those carefully. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that that can just seem like sort of a big number to, to be overwhelmed by and stuff, but I actually take a little bit of um, solace in that thought that, that we have 6,000 thoughts per day, most of which are just repetitive. The vast majority of which are, are just repetitive. So that just makes me feel like it's a lot easier to, to do what we're going to discuss in this episode about sort of triaging and and perhaps dismissing a lot of those unwanted thoughts that we have. Yeah, kind of permission to disregard a lot of that noise. Yeah, yeah, noise. That's a great, great word for it. Well, I was thinking about the different kinds of thoughts that I feel like can be real energy sappers to drain the energy out of us. One obvious one you've already mentioned, and that's just negative thoughts, especially about ourselves. We have a lot of Mm. negative thoughts about ourselves, and rarely do these ever lead us to make a positive change, to improve ourselves. No, no, shame doesn't work for change. But they just drag us down. Uh, Then there's all those thoughts about how other people in our life should change 
<laughs> should be different. Um, and of course, they rarely obey our commands. And so that's probably a waste of time. There's those doomsday thoughts that we have about how scary things might come to pass in the future. Yeah, the worry, yeah. the unfounded worry thoughts. The catastrophizing and all of that. Mm. That's a, a huge drain on energy. Another category are cravings. You know, those mm-hmm. little thoughts that come into like, hmm, I think I'd like. And the more attention we pay to those thoughts, the harder they get to resist. So they would be high on my list of ones to to maybe eliminate early on. And then that's interesting that they found that so many of the thoughts were repetitive because that was another category that I came up with. Those repetitive circular thoughts I'm particularly guilty of this. I call it ruminating, you know, where I'm just kind Mm. of running through the same thought cycle over and over again. And I feel like if you've thought something through and you've made a decision or you've decided that there's nothing more that can be done here, continuing to rehearse those thoughts serves absolutely no purpose. Unfortunately, that doesn't keep me from doing it, but I'm going <laughs> to... Or me. And usually I do that. That's the two in the morning kind of yeah. thought process that goes on. You just keep rehashing and rehashing the same thing. It's like, stop thinking about that. <laughs> just go to sleep. I often catch myself doing it when I'm out walking uh, or exercising. Mm. If I'm not listening to music or a podcast, if I'm just out in the air, that I'll find myself just kind of running through the same thoughts. And when I catch myself doing it, I think, gosh, what a waste of... <laughs> my attention or my, you know, my brain power. This is, well, so I'm you, boring myself, you know. You're doing number five, which leads you to doing number two on this list, <laughs> which was the negative thoughts about ourselves. So you're actually like recursively That's right. creating more thoughts. Oh, my thoughts no. can hit four or five of these categories at once. And the, uh, the final category that it came up with of types of thoughts that can sap our energy are regrets. So this is kind Mm. of the flip side of the doomsday thinking about the future, which is purposeless. And this is kind of rehearsing moments from our past that we wish had gone differently. Also not helpful. Yeah, it's really interesting. I actually hadn't thought of this until just now, but this list that you've come up with here is very similar to the list of cognitive distortions Ah. that, uh, that we learn in cognitive behavior therapy. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting how it's all sort of tied back together. But yeah, well, I don't have your training in cognitive behavioral therapy, but that makes perfect sense to me because cognitive distortions are thoughts that we consciously want to identify and dismiss, right? Mm-hmm. So that that does add up. Yeah, and one of the things I wanted to just sort of highlight, I guess, from not necessarily from that list, but the thoughts that kind of contradict our the goals that we're working towards or our most cherished values that we're focused on, with those thoughts, we often give a lot more power than they probably deserve. And most of us are pretty good at ignoring those those kooky little thoughts that pop into your head. Like, I don't know about you, but when I'm on like Zoom meetings, I always like think like, if I just started singing right now or <laughs> walking along and just think like, what if I jumped off this bridge? Could I land on that moving train below and just like, like they do in the movies? You have those kind of thoughts, or at least I have all of those kind of thoughts on a quite a regular basis. And I'm quite happy to just sort of let those go and laugh them off. But when, when you have a thought that actually contradicts or, or, gets in the way or is it feels negative about something you're actually working toward we tend to latch onto it and give it a lot more energy Mm. and it's kind of an it's an interesting 
interesting thing that we do there because all of those thoughts come from basically the same part of our brain, which is the default mode network. And I guess we can get into that in a in a future episode. It's it's just that still brain that starts to analyze and judge and stuff when we're not actively working on something else. But that default mode network is where those thoughts come from. And we still we're able to just dismiss the kooky ones like jumping onto a moving train, but we really latch on to the ones that have sort of a, I guess, a negative effect on things that we're working towards or things that we believe in. Yeah, that's such an interesting distinction, almost the thoughts that we don't feel we should be having somehow feel more freighted and are harder for us to let go of, paradoxically. Right. And earlier you mentioned cravings. And, you know, in in the Wayless program, you and I work with hundreds of people all the time. And a lot of the things that come up are those momentary cravings that people have for particular foods, or it doesn't have to be foods, it can be for activities, it can be for anything that we get a craving for. And we often treat it the same way. And if we can actually learn to treat those passing craving kind of thoughts the same way that we treat those other kooky thoughts, then we can really, we can zap the power out of them. We can take all of their strength away. And, and that gives us the control, puts the control back in our hands and in our heads. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're really harmless when they pass through our minds, but then we seize onto them and we make them into a problem for ourselves by not being like, oh gosh, there's that. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah. You know, one way of gaining more mastery over the thoughts that we're thinking might be to practice not thinking, which is, of course, much easier said than done. And this is often something that people pursue when they study or practice meditation. Yeah, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before in past episodes that years and years and years ago, I used to join, I I used to belong to a Buddhist um, group. And one of the things I learned in that group was that um, some of the Buddhist traditions actually believe that when we consistently learn to neglect the distracting, distracting thoughts, that you can gradually actually decrease those distracting thoughts and they'll eventually disappear. And in this particular tradition, it's meant to free us up to become um, more joyfully absorbed in our quest for attaining enlightenment, <laughs> Wow, <laughs> which is wonderful. I'd love to attain enlightenment, but I think uh, for the purposes of this podcast, we could just simply um, focus on just being freed to to work towards our ultimate goals. Well, I think that's an interesting choice of words. You said that if we neglect distracting thoughts, which is just mm-hmm. to pay them no attention, it's a little different than to resist uh, distracting thoughts or to you know try to suppress them or anything more actively engaging with them actually can backfire, right? But uh, But simply just kind of neglecting them or ignoring them may decrease their their presence in our lives, which would be welcome. Yeah. Having no thoughts. I'm not sure that that's all of our goals is right. to never have any thoughts. It's really just n- neglecting the ones that don't deserve power and, and focusing on the ones that do. And, and often, and this has been my experience with myself, but also with the people I've worked with, that it can almost seem like you're doing battle with your own brain in some ways. Mm. And I think when we when we go to battle with those thoughts and when we have those unwanted thoughts that we actually feel like our brain is kind of betraying us mm. by having them. And that's a really unhelpful thought to have. It, it ties into that whole self-sabotage idea, like 
people always say like, I don't know why I always do this to myself. I always do this to myself. Mm. I must, I must hate myself. I just keep doing this over and over again. And, and that really is the wrong way to, to look at these things. Because if we can learn to recognize when these moments arise, and it feels like we're about to, to start to do battle with our own brains, we can just stop and, and take a deep breath and remind ourselves how there are so many other thoughts that we have had today, and why are we choosing to focus on, on this one? And then we can make the choice to engage or disengage, but we're doing it based on critical thought instead of a knee-jerk emotion, <laughs> emotional reaction. And I think that we, cho- we do choose to go to battle with our own brain more often than we're than we should. Yeah, you're right. And just putting it into that context of, oh gosh, this is just one out of the 6,000 thoughts I'm going to have today does uh, make it a little bit easier to, to be like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and let that one go. Yeah. But I think that, you know, even if you have decided that a given thought does not deserve your energy, it can still be tough to put it down, right? Mm. And um, I find that it's helpful to have a specific practice or or image or visualization that you can just quickly invoke for moments like that. And it can be kind of fun to decide which one you want to make your own personal, I don't know, thought stun gun. Um, (laughs) I've heard you talk, Brock, about um, the mental image of picking up the remote control and just changing the channel. Right. Um, I'm a gardener. And so one that I often think about is uh, pulling out a weed. You know, I see a little weed sprouting up and when it's just little and tender, I can just pluck it right out between two fingers before it puts out roots and gets big and starts shading out the other plants. So I, I like the precision of that one. That's very precise. It's like going in with tweezers and just like, boop. <laughs> right. It takes nothing and no tools are necessary. I can just pluck it right out. So, uh, so I often think about weeding my mental garden. I have a good friend who, uh, her image is she, she conjures these enormous, she calls them her cosmic scissors an enormous Mm. (laughs) pair of sewing shears. And she pictures herself, uh, you know, holding them up and just cutting the ribbon or the thread or the string or whatever it is that's connecting that thought or that idea to her and just severing the tie with it. But she always Mm, refers to the the cosmic scissors. Yeah, I think um, there's something I learned in yoga years ago is imagining your thoughts as clouds and just sort of acknowledging them, but letting them float and like just pass by or dissolve into thin air. Yeah. I like that one. Yes, I've often heard a similar thing where you picture a thought coming in on a wave, you know, when you're standing on the beach and the waves are rolling in and what do they do then? They just roll right back out. Yeah, I've actually been spending a lot of time in virtual reality lately. I got an Oculus headset and I've been spending a lot of time in virtual reality. And one of the things I really enjoy about being in a virtual world is if you're holding something that you don't want anymore, you can just toss it, (laughs) you can just sort of throw it and it just disappears or goes and sits somewhere. But it doesn't matter because it's virtual reality. So you can make a big, big mess if you want. And I kind of, I like the idea of that, of just like having this thought in your hand and like, you know what, I don't want this anymore and just 
throw it off to the side or maybe you maybe even whack it with a tennis racket or something like that. But yeah. the point is, is that there's all kinds of ways to to personalize how you're going to dismiss that thought. And often that can be a really effective way to to get it done rather than, again, going to battle with yourself of why am I still thinking about this? Yeah, I picking one that that brings a little smile to your face or that feels slightly playful or humorous is a great uh, strategy, but it's just important to have one that you feel connected to that you feel like you could just always have that at your disposal and um, you know, make friends with it, keep it handy. All right. Well, we've got a really interesting lab experiment for you today, but first, here are some takeaways from our discussion so far. With all the thousands of thoughts, whether you believe the 70,000 thoughts or you like the 6,000 thought per day idea, we have a lot of thoughts in our heads and we're bound to have some that, well, can get stuck in our craw. And that's okay. Thoughts on their own are totally harmless. It's what we choose to do with them that creates the negative feelings and emotions. When we feel strong emotions, like maybe regret or shame over the thoughts that we've had, well, that's what gives those thoughts more energy and power over us. And finally, managing our thoughts, well, it takes time, like most meaningful change does, as you've learned if you listen to this podcast, but taking that time can free our mental energy to make progress on our goals instead of just thinking about them over and over again. So let's send you out with a little lab experiment that you can play around with this week next time you notice that a thought is causing you stress or discomfort. I want you to first just write that thought down so you can see it on paper. And then step one, just ask yourself, is this thought, is this sentence verifiably true? Hmm. I mean, if you said it in public, would everyone who heard you agree that it is a true statement? And step two, regardless of whether you decide that thought is actually true or not, ask yourself, do I have anything to gain from continuing to entertain this thought? Is continuing to think about this going to make me feel better or is it going to help me make a better decision? So if you decide that a given thought does not deserve any more of your energy, then step three is to make a conscious decision to put it down. And here's where you want to use whatever imagery works best for you. Pick up the remote control and change the channel. Pluck it out of your mental garden and throw it in the compost heap. Pick up those cosmic scissors and cut the string or make up your own image. But whatever image you choose, take a moment to really act it out in your imagination. Really see it happening. And then finally, this is the most fun part of all. Once you've gone through all of that, you get to decide what you want to think about instead and spend some time nourishing that thought. I love the power that that just gives you to even just thinking about that. That fourth step just makes me feel so powerful. Like I'm in control of my brain. I'm in control of my thoughts. Right. And that's why it's worth doing this work, because then we get to decide what we want to think about. And that's just a lot more fun. And I want to go back to the very first thing that you said, and that was to write the thought 
down. I know I have actually heard a few people have written to us and posted on Facebook and stuff and said, yeah, I never actually write down the lab experiment. I always just sort of go through it in my head, but I really should start writing it down. Like, yes, yes, you should really start writing it down. It is a really important step. And I totally get it. It's one of those things I think I would probably be inclined to skip, but give it a try. I think you'll find that it really does help with the whole process. It just makes it that much more meaningful if you set aside the time and you sit down and actually write it down or stand up and write it down. (laughs) (laughs) And if you need a place to write it down, you know that we always prepare these lab experiments in the form of a downloadable lab note, which you can get by going to our website at changeacademypodcast.com. And it's linked to in the show notes, uh, or you can just put yourself on our mailing list and we will send it to you. Every time we release an episode, we'll go ahead and send you your your lab notes so that you can write it down. Well, I hope everyone has fun learning to manage their thoughts. Let us know how it goes. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you can get your lab notes. This has been the Change Academy.